I say, random as it is, go with your gut instinct, go with your heart, and don't be afraid to like fall on your face and do new shit. Because I was 34 when I stumbled onto group fitness. Hello, welcome back to Mostly Balanced. Week two. Yes, our first guest episode. I'm so excited. Yes, I can't wait for this one. But first, I feel like we haven't talked in a little while and we're here on a Zoom call right now. So that's the closest we can get to hanging out these days. So how are you doing? I'm fine. I feel like every day is the exact same. Like you just asked me what Dan and I are doing today. And I really, really have no no answer for you watching a lot of TV. And that's about it. (laughs) Yeah. What about you? Yeah, same. I feel like I try to make the weekends we're recording right now on a Saturday. And I try to make the weekends stand out a little bit from the week. Obviously, I am not doing any work on the weekends. I have a Monday through Friday job and I'm keeping it that way during quarantine. And I know it's been hard for a lot of people to do that, especially which we talked about a little bit last week on our intro episode, but especially working parents, I feel like they just spend their weekend catching up on the work that they weren't able to do during the week. But for me, I try to maybe sleep in a little bit on the weekends if I can and get out for more walks during the day. Hopefully enjoy good weather. Today it's like 30 degrees in New York and really cold. So it doesn't feel like May. But yeah, every day has been pretty much the same for me. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm finally, not finally, but I'm really starting to hit that phase of like, what? when are we getting back to normal? Like, okay, I'm over it now. It's <laughs> been enough and I'm like really really missing socializing which is like it's not like I have a crazy social calendar as it is like (laughs) I like staying in a lot on Friday nights it's like one of my favorite things to do is stay in on a Friday night but now I'm like get me to a restaurant get me to a bar just like get me in a room full of people I've talked to so many people who are like oh my gosh now I watch tv and I get so anxious when I see people in public places because like I can't even imagine doing that and I'm like I understand it's been two months and like, yeah, it's crazy to see that on TV when we haven't done that in so long, but like, I'm not anxious about it. I just want, I want it to happen now. I want to get into a crowded subway and I want everyone to be okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) I am not missing the subway, but I am missing social interaction. And I, I love zoom calls, like catch up with people, but I hate zoom calls. I hate sitting in front of a screen and talking to people. And like, I just feel like I'm constantly just anxious for the call to end because I kind of just don't have the energy to sit and talk in front of a screen for hours but you just had a didn't you just have an hours long zoom call with your sisters last night I did which we never would have done before all of this happened so those are like the silver lining things that you hear people talking about that I mean my sisters and I are all close but we don't I mean, I don't ever even talk to them on the phone, really. My twin sister and I text all day, but the other ones, like, we'll text occasionally just to catch up. But we have had a couple now sisters Zoom calls. We were on last night for a few hours, which is, like, crazy amount of time to be sitting talking to your screen. But, but yeah, it's cool. And I've done a couple friend ones that, like, keeping in touch with friends more than I had before this. So that side of it has been good. But, yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, the work Zoom calls, I feel like they're just putting them on just to fill up our calendar. Some of them are pointless. And if I 
have to say, am I on mute one more time? I'm just <laughs> going to scream because I always am like talking away and then people are like, oh, I'm so, I can't hear you. Sorry. What are you saying? And yeah, it's not good. So that part of it has not been fun, but I am of the thought that my job, I work in advertising sales. I am of the thought that like it can be done from home and it always could have been. And I always felt like I could have worked remotely. And I think that it's good that this is kind of teaching people that we can do that. Like, um, and it's allowing people to have a little bit more flexibility in that way. But, but yeah, there, I mean, Mia and I were talking a little bit earlier about kind of like the stages of quarantine. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so funny. I feel like at the beginning of quarantine, it kind of had the vibe of a snow day, like the whole city shut down, everyone was like panicking and talking about it. And it's all on the news. And it kind of just felt like that snow day vibe when everything's just shut down. But then, and yeah, then people just started getting creative. Like there was like the whole banana bread phase, like girls got to eat was talking about this. And I found it to be so funny, because it was so spot on, like one week, everyone made banana bread. One week, everyone was challenging each other on Instagram. Like, you hated that. Oh, I <laughs> hated were, the like, challenges. Challenging to post a picture with your significant other and, like, challenge to do a handstand and do 10 push-ups. Like, I didn't participate in that. But Yeah, I got challenged <laughs> a couple times and I didn't do them. And I actually think somebody challenged me to do 10 push-ups. And when I saw it, I went and did 10 push-ups, but I forgot to film it. And then that was just it for me. I wasn't going to, like, do it over to film it. And... Yeah, but I do feel like everyone's still making banana bread, or maybe that's just because I've always just made banana bread every week, but there's still a lot of banana bread. I've definitely seen all of these phases, and it was like the, um, let's all like motivate each other, and how are we staying motivated, and we've done a lot of that too, which is so helpful. I love it, but we've also now started talking about how it's okay not to be motivated all the time, and I was saying this to Mia earlier that I some days I'm just not motivated at all. And I think I, I mean, I kind of know myself well enough by now that I can know if I'm in that mood and I just kind of need to snap out of it and kind of force myself a little bit to, to do something. And I won't, I'll know myself well enough that I won't force myself to do like a high intensive class that I'm not going to like, but if I'm feeling like so unmotivated, maybe I just force myself to put on my sneakers and walk outside. And then I just go for a walk and I feel better immediately. But I'm really just like listening to, to that. And sometimes I'll be halfway through a class and it's just like, I'm not vibing with it at all. And I'll just stop doing it because I don't want to be doing it. And now is not the time to force anything. So yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I wasn't feeling motivated at all this morning, like getting up on weekends, I would love to sleep in and I just didn't feel like doing anything but I ended up doing a salt drop class and I was looking forward to it so I knew I should just do it and I would feel so much better after and I did I took Dino's class and it was amazing and I felt so much better so it's helpful to have a workout when the energy is high and it's like just a fun thing to join in on. Yeah and that's so perfect it's so perfect for today because (laughs) I did a salt drop class this morning Two, I used one of the live classes that they did yesterday, which by the way, I love that Instagram live classes are available for 24 hours because mm-hmm. I never have been doing them at the actual right time. Although sometimes it's fun to do them at the right time. But yes, I did salt drop this morning and I didn't even, I don't think you, either one of us 
put it together that we were both doing it today and then we were going to be recording this intro which is for our episode with Dino so yes. it's so perfect it's perfect yeah we love Dino we love watching him create salt drop and seeing these other instructors join but it's perfect Dino is our guest today and it was an amazing episode and yeah we both have loved Dino we met him in the West Village when he was a manager and instructor for bar three and like fell in love with him and um, followed him along now as he created salt drop, which has been a huge part of my quarantine. I look forward to those classes and his energy is amazing. The class is like the perfect, the perfect class to just like wake your body up, get your body moving and feel really great afterwards. Yeah, he is. He's the best. I love him so much. I, had so much fun recording this episode. I I think that when we first started talking about, like we said last week, the biggest thing about this podcast is the guests. Like we want to have one almost every week. We will do these solo episodes because we want you guys to get to know us and we want to talk to you about what's on our minds and what's important to us and what we really think you guys will um, connect with and relate to. But the guests, is one of the things that really got us like over the hump of just talking about it and actually doing it because as soon as we wrote down that list of who we wanted to have and we both were so aligned with the guests that we had in mind and who um who we thought should be first because we both Mm -hmm. really thought that Dino should be the first guest it was like we kind of were thinking in our head what types of people do we want to have like what is um what is kind of like our vision of the conversations that we'll have with these people? And most importantly, what is this going to bring to our listeners? Like, what are you guys going, how are you going to benefit from it? And really at the end of the day, that's just hearing people's stories all from all different paths, like all different industries, but hearing about, like we said last week, how they stay balanced, but also just different things about their personal life that you might not know from their social media feed or from, seeing them in a fitness class and just hearing how they got where they are. Like I personally love to hear those stories. I Dino has a particularly interesting one um, that you'll hear in a few minutes when we get into the episode, but yeah, it was just so cool to reach out to Dino and we, neither of us knew him super well, but we did know him pretty well just from going to his classes. They, he taught Monday night classes and Saturday classes at bar three. And he's honestly like, too good like there are some other instructors there that I really do love a lot and um we can also link some of our favorite bar instructors in the show notes as well just because we are such fans of bar three and of the salt drop but anyway going to Dino's classes almost like ruined other people's classes for me because like (laughs) his were just so good so we would always make sure to add ourselves to the wait list if we didn't get in on time um to all of his classes and then as soon as we heard he was opening salt drop We both checked it out. It was right before I moved from New York City. So I got to go in person. And then I went back when I went back to visit every time I try to go back to Salt Drop. And now they're all virtual, like Mia said. So we've both been doing them at least once a week. Yeah, it was going back to what you said about our guests. Like when we made that list and we had the vision for our podcast, reaching out to Dino, we had nothing. We had no podcast yet. We had an idea and it just resonated with him. And we got on the phone to make sure that it was the right vibe, as he said. And it was just so exciting because he was exactly what we envisioned having on. And 
it we it was just the perfect the perfect storm and we were so excited to see him say yes and really get this started so we're so excited for you to hear more about him like we have said he's his energy is contagious and you should definitely check out the salt drop if you haven't already yeah it's so funny because at this point now we've recorded with a few of our guests and we'll be releasing those in the weeks to come but every time after we record, Mia and I will be talking and one of us will say, I mean, we definitely have to have them back on. And I <laughs> honestly have felt that way about everyone. I felt that way about Dino. I think it's just because like we really did put so much thought into these first few people that we are going to have on our podcast. And it's really making it that much better. Like this is just something that we're having so much fun doing and that um, and that makes it fun and it makes it fun for our guests too. And I think that the flow of this episode was amazing and it really just shows how how great Dino is and how much he kind of just like brings his energy to everything that he does so really excited for you guys to listen to it as always definitely feel free to reach out to us with any questions and of course leave all of your comments in your reviews or on our Instagram page but definitely follow Dino too. follow him on his personal account, follow him on the salt drop. And yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Hello, today we have one of our favorite New York City instructors, Dino Malone on. We first met Dino at bar three in the West Village in New York City a couple years ago and now you have your own studio the salt drop and we would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself yeah okay cool so thanks for also having me on this is you know my first podcast so super fun to do this with you guys yeah yeah i appreciate it so a little bit about salt drop because that's like my little baby right now so about seven months ago i launched this little thing called salt drop And it's this workout that a friend of mine and I kind of worked on for about a year on behind the scenes and launched it in October. And I launched it at a little dance studio in Tribeca. And I've been having a really fun time doing that. So that's been what's been keeping me most busy. And a little bit about me. I've been in the city now. I was just thinking about it. As you know, we've been quarantined for a little while. So I've been sort of introspectively thinking about my time in New York. And it's almost 10 years that I've been here. So I've been here for about 10 years. And I lived in Boston for 10 years before that. Yeah, my life sort of was a jigsaw puzzle of weird pieces that fit together to finally lead me up to teaching fitness and ultimately owning my own little fitness brand. We love those stories. Yeah. So that's like, that's like me and salt drop in a nutshell. And are you from Boston or you just lived there before you lived in New York? No, I'm actually from just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My mom and dad are immigrants from Naples, Italy. Wow. Yeah. How they got to Western Pennsylvania is like another podcast, but like (laughs) somehow that's where they landed. I grew up there and went to school in Connecticut for my undergrad. And then as soon as I moved back to Pennsylvania after Connecticut, I was like, I need to get out of here. (laughs) They don't make boys like me in Western Pennsylvania, (laughs) you know? So then I just decided to up and leave and move to Boston 
with the guy that I was dating at the time. And I loved it there and was there for 10 years. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So now you've been in New York just as long as you were in Boston. Yeah. It blows my mind. It really does. Time flies in New York City. It does. I mean, I used to live there. I went to college there and then I lived there for a few years after. So I actually lived there like 11 years total before moving to Chicago about six or seven months ago. But yeah, it's crazy. I mean, time flies living in New York City. And I had such a love-hate relationship with it. I mean, we all do. It keeps us on our toes. And I complain because I live near a hospital and there's a street in front of my apartment building that's like a busier street. So when I have the windows open, it's like, it sounds like a little chaotic, but then I can close my windows and it feels like I'm, you know, I've got this like beautiful plant behind me that those of you, you can't see at home, but I try to keep it like, you know, a place where I can come back to and recharge my batteries when I need to. Yeah. I was going to say, I can see your setup there on the screen. We're doing this right now over Zoom. So I'm in New Paltz, New York. Mia is out in Amagansa and Dino's at his apartment in Brooklyn. So he has a nice little set up there with his plant in the background and your coffee and yeah Mm -hmm. Um, but we'd love to hear more about what you were doing before so we like Mia said we met you at bar three you were honestly like my favorite instructor ever you still are but (laughs) bar three was like for me I was always a runner and I didn't really do much fitness classes and then I had to take a break from running And I got, I don't know, I got like an ad for the January challenge and I started it and I just like fell in love with so many of the instructors. Like there's such a great group there, but your class, like I always joked, I could never get myself to a Monday night class before yours. (laughs) And it was like, it would get waitlisted, like insane. Like the waitlist would be full. What's really fun about that is that we earned that. So the story about bar three, because bar three is a big chunk of my history. And when you start a business like I did, like I left bar three and started my own fitness company, like, you know, no one really wants to, or they do want to talk about it, but it's almost, how do you talk about it? Because we're now admittedly in competition with one another to some degree, but also it's only because we're both boutique fitness brands, not for any other reason. Because I still love Bar 3 with all my heart. So when I started my fitness career, I was in real estate, doing real estate in New York City. And I've met some of my best friends in that process to this day, but it just wasn't my vibe, you know? It just was like not something that I excelled at immediately. Although that line of work does take time to develop relationships. It just like was not clicking. So by accident, I have my friend Shane, who I'll tell you a little bit more about later. She's teaching salt drop classes on Instagram for me now. I was going to ask if that was the same Shane. Same Shane. (laughs) So she was a bar three instructor in Portland, Oregon, where bar three was born. And we went to Coachella together and I saw her doing something on a laptop with an orange ball. And I was like, (laughs) what is going on? And she was like, it's bar three. And I was like, I don't know, whatever. I was doing P90X or some dumb shit. So anyway, fast forward to summer. I have like living with my, who is now my ex-husband. And I have been like doing home workouts because I didn't have money for a gym. And Shane was like, you should go and check out bar three. They're doing what they called underground classes in Midtown before they had even opened the studio. So I went and I took a class there from a girl named Lauren Marple, who 
I still remember my first class. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. It felt like a yoga class, but like set to music yeah. and it was like more fun. And we did just effervescent stuff and it was nice. How and long ago was this? Six years ago. Wow. Now. And prior to bar three, like getting into that class, you really like your relationship with fitness was just like kind of random. I did like at home workouts. I was a runner for many years. I ran a couple of marathons just because when I lived in Boston, it was fun to run the Charles River and I got to know Boston on foot that way. So that was fun. But long distance running, it wasn't in my long term history for knee reasons. So I had taken a yoga class here and there, but group fitness was like, brand new to me. I had no, never dreamed about becoming a fitness instructor ever, never, never. That's so crazy. Yeah. What changed? Well, I found this class and I was like, can I need to teach this? And they were like, well, maybe come back and take your second class. First. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I can do this, you know? So like a month later, I finally auditioned and they were like, you're not ready yet. And I was like, determined. So they gave me some classes. I was like obsessed. I would go in there and watch them teach and sit in the corner and like take notes. I was like, oh I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I was so weird. They must've thought I was so weird. <laughs> I today would have thought that I was so weird. Did, if I met that person too. Did you have a notebook? <laughs> oh yeah. I wrote stuff down, man. There's a flow chart of the choreography in the class. And I was like, how do they remember all this? It's like, it's so many things. Yeah. Um, still doing real estate at this time. Yes, but you know, you didn't know when you were getting paid. So you were doing it all the time in the hopes that, you know, the deal would land or, you know, you saw the sale of a house through or a piece of property through. So I don't know. It just was like, this was what I was banking on. Bar three was what I was banking on to make like a little bit of extra money that I knew could come in regularly. So I auditioned again a month later and they finally sent me off to training. They were like, we got to get this guy out of the corner. <laughs> let's just let's just get him in there and like, let's just like let him make a mess of himself for a while. They gave me like a big chance because I was like, not great. So hard so, to believe. Did they have male instructors at the time? A few actually at the time. And when I say a few at the time, I would say there were probably three other guys that were teaching bar three. But not in New York, right? No, no. My counterparts were all on the West Coast. When we opened Bar 3 West Village, it was kind of one of the first East Coast studios that they opened. And honestly, like what I loved about your classes is I feel like you weren't afraid to like mess up and you kind of just brought like a real, like a real vibe to it. It wasn't like, even though obviously I'm sure you put so much into like coming up with the choreography and the playlist. And I'm definitely going to be asking you more about your playlists because they're yeah. amazing, but yeah, you cool. kind of just looked like you were having fun. And so the whole class was having fun. I think that's what made the difference with when I found this, because I just love the music that we used for class so much. And being at bar three, I was, you know, in retrospect, a little bit of a rule breaker. I must have been like the biggest pain in the ass to them sometimes because I really tried to inject things that I thought were exciting into the class, like my music, for example. So they gave me a lot of leeway and a lot of freedom, which was nice because I got to exercise that piece of my personality, which in turn made my job so much more fun. Yeah. So, and yes, I messed up a lot because. <laughs> To be honest, there's a lot of moving parts, mm -hmm. 
particularly whenever you're teaching a method that like is not your own. So there's like a structure to it and a flow to it that, you know, is expected to be there and architecture expected to be there. And then within that, sometimes you just like black out and you're (laughs) like, what did I even get? What is side two or but do we do left side first or right side first? You know, and yeah. that kind of stuff gets you. But yeah, I have a lot of fun doing it. So I think that translates into class because I think it's a party, you yeah. know? And yeah, it is. And it's so fun just to like be able to go in. And obviously as a client taking a class, you don't know what to expect. And like it all goes along to the music. It's just like it was such a fun class. And it was fun to see like what every different instructor brought to it. And I think that, I mean the classes and the sellouts and everything speak for itself that you are definitely a favorite there. Mm -hmm. So was it kind of, I mean, you alluded to this a little bit, but was it kind of hard to finally feel ready to like step away and start your own thing after really growing there? Yeah, big time. I kind of wrestled with the idea for a long time because I had a really, really, really solid life with bar three. I was, you know, traveling a lot because the company was based in Portland, Oregon. So I was traveling to Oregon six times a year to do different things with the company, whether that be trainings or participating in different activities. When I took the studio over as a studio director, they treated me as though I were an owner. So I also interacted with other studio owners and within the bar three franchise. Yeah, I thought you were the owner. I always used to call you the owner. (laughs) Yeah, I was because the owners of the studio was the company itself. And the head of it was a woman named Amy, who I spoke to regularly, but they gave me a lot of freedom to kind of run the business and whatever in the way that I thought was most appropriate. Because I knew I was on the ground here in New York. It's way different than Portland, Oregon. So they were like, whatever you decide. And we made a lot of money. So Given that, I was given a lot of freedom to just be like, you navigate this boat however you think. And I got to put together a really good team. And yeah, walking away from that was a big, big, difficult decision. But I was 39 and I had been like quietly developing this idea in my head anyway. And I came to a point with Bar 3 where it was either like I was going to commit to building the bar three world in New York city wholeheartedly, or I was going to wholeheartedly go in this other direction and do something like on my own. And at bar three, you really developed such a cult following. Like we always used to say like your classes, not only being waitlisted for two weeks, but you'd always see the same faces. And it was like, it just felt like a whole group of friends. So I feel like you knew that those people would follow you wherever you went. Yeah. And you know, I'll be honest with you. This is authentic and real because I really thought it was going to be a lot easier because you would think that with like, if I taught six classes a week at bar three, they would all be waitlisted. And it wasn't always like that. I used to teach to like one or two people in the beginning. It was like the cumulative approach, like over five years of just focusing on teaching good classes that it just like naturally built. And also I look and feel different than most other bar instructors do. So I think that that works in a unique way too. I don't really threaten women in the same way other like female instructors can sometimes if we're being honest in this like boutique fitness world, they're almost like unattainable and I don't look like anyone else. So like no one's trying to look like me. So 
never actually thought of that. But now that you say it, I feel like that's definitely a subconscious thing. I could see that being true for sure. Like if I, I go to a class, I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to look like her. So what's the point? But with, I like, just I guess, disable yeah. all that, you know, like yeah. people don't, I just don't even, you know, we're just, I'm, I'm just goofy and we're having a good time. But you guys, whenever I started teaching my classes at Gibney, I thought, well, and the math that I did and all the things that I did were like, you know, based on this idea of like, people are going to follow. And dude, it was harder because New York is a a transient city. So people come and go. Number two, I think that it's proximity and location is like, I think plays a bigger factor in your fitness world than we tend to give credit to like if I have to take the train two extra stops which is basically what it was it's like two extra stops like the a or c train here in New York like it really impacted who came and I was surprised at um the folks who followed and was sometimes surprised at the folks who still haven't been you know what I mean yeah like that's honest I would just would have thought I would have picked a different people but I'm also getting to meet a whole ton of new people and there's almost 9 million people in the city. So I know that I can find one yeah. or another, you know? You're so right, though. New Yorkers love their routine. It's like if you're making them go an extra stop or two on the subway, no, sorry. <laughs> it like throws off everything. You're like, I got to leave work 10 minutes earlier. Yeah. Like, how am I going to do, you know, like, and then I got to, you know, it's just to make a whole thing. It's so funny because when I was getting ready to leave New York, this sounds like probably dumb to some people listening, but one of the things that like made me sad was honestly the fact that I was leaving bar three because I was going like five or six times a week and I was taking your classes and I was going to breeze classes. There's so many good instructors there. Yeah. It was so funny. It was like, I had two weeks left in New York City and I went and took your class and you announced that you were leaving. And I was like, (laughs) all right, well, I guess I can move now. (laughs) It doesn't feel so bad now. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was really hard to leave there because teaching in that studio, you know, it felt like home. We'd done like all the things we could do to get the best microphone and the best speaker system. And like, we had it nailed. Like it was just, we had our control over every element of the experience for clients. So um, going off and doing this on my own, it's like so much more different, like going to the studios and teaching other places. Like the sound system is weird over here. And like, I got to borrow a mat over here and it doesn't, you know, it's so excited for the idea of maybe settling in somewhere, having that same kind of culture that we built at bar three begin for salt drop in this brand new way too. Yeah. Which you totally will. I can see it happening for <laughs> sure. Obviously right Crossing now my fingers. you had like just, Were you just starting to move into a different location right when this happened? Yeah. So there's a studio here in New York City. It's like an incubator space. I don't want to even say it's that. It's more like a wellness space. And the majority of what they do is like corporate wellness. But they have these spaces in New York City where they have group fitness classes. And they also have lecturers come in. It's like this whole wellness thing. And they're called Energy Life. And so I just was like curious about, you know, where I could teach this class and have a little bit more flexibility and freedom with my schedule. Working at the dance studio ended up being difficult because they just have a lot of moving parts. 
So I wanted something simpler. Yeah. And so I found energy and we had, you know, a little back and forth or whatever. And I was just about to start teaching there April oh, wow. 1st. And now I just teach, I'm, I'm <laughs> scooting the camera over. I teach against that pink wall over yeah. there. Oh, I've seen um, it. I just streamed one of your classes this morning. <laughs> that's the wall. I want to hear more yeah, about so- how Salt Drop came to be. Like, how did you design the flow of the class, the moves and just where did it come from? Thanks for asking that. Because, you know, whenever you talk about group fitness concepts or anything like that, really what makes us unique is the sequencing and the architecture of the classes, right? Because how many times have you done a bridge lift in a group fitness class? Probably a million times. You know what I mean? So it's the way that the class is put together and stacked together and that makes the class different. I worked with a friend of mine named Sarah Rose, who additionally is teaching classes on the Salt Drop Instagram right now as well. I was always just fascinated with the way she taught. And I needed somebody I could bounce ideas off. We had like some distance between us. Like she had her own world in Seattle and fitness world that she was into. And I had New York. And so we had different points of view. And so we would get together on the phone once a week and talk. And the idea behind it all was that we felt really strongly that a lot of classes that are out there will opt for difficulty level over sophistication any day. So imagine like you are doing jumping jacks in your warm up. For example, I'm not going to shit on anybody. Sorry if that's what everybody does. I mean, just hear (laughs) me out. My idea was that I'm not ready for that just yet. (laughs) Like I'm 40 now. My body's not ready for that just yet. Like I want to warm the body in like a smart way. And so we started there and I learned some of that philosophy through bar three too. There was like a prep to the body that we did as we were like warming up. I wanted to develop my own way of warming up that felt more intuitive for me. So we started there. And then, so we decided it was like the class felt like this steady climb. And what we wanted to do was obviously cardio is just a big piece of boutique fitness right now. You know, it's like sculpt and tone and cardio. So like, if you want to boil it down. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to have a cardio piece of it. And because I really like that effervescence, like I was taking classes at places like the class or a friend of mine developed a method called back body project. And there's like a lot of jumping. I like it. I wanted it like later on in class, you know what I mean? Like, so I felt like ready for it. So that was the idea. We put this class together that was like 60 minutes long, where about 40 minutes or so are like just work to heat the body up. And then about 15 minutes or so of what is labeled low impact plyometrics, which is like, you know, jump rope style hopping. Yeah. Jumping jack style (laughs) hopping. And so we packed that onto the back end of class. And I love it because you end up feeling ready for it. It happens and it's like a test of your endurance and challenging, but also a dance party in between. And it really leaves the client on this big 
beautiful note at the end of class that I think I was lacking at bar three. Bar three, the peak was at the center. Yeah. So we would come down to mats at like at the center and come down. And I just wanted to explore a different mechanism to get there. So we just climbed slower, you know, all the way. And then we took it down at the end. So that was the idea behind Salt Drop. And it was honestly a constant like set of phone calls weekly with Sarah Rose like this. And we would just chat out concepts. We both love curtsy squats. So like, oh my God, you sure do. You know, so like, so it's a lot of curtsy squats and like a functional movement and we just explore these different ideas and then eventually started choreographing classes. And I started renting space at Gibney at that time and was like basically just practicing how to teach this class. Yeah. So that's how it all came about. That is so cool. Yeah. Developing, it was like fun because you never really knew where we were going. Like that idea of warming the body and taking us on that like ride was the culmination of a bunch of conversations. Like, what are we liking? What are we not liking? Why don't we like it? You know, why doesn't it feel good? What does feel good? And all that stuff. And it just felt yeah. fun. Yeah, it's so true. And for everyone listening, I took one of Dino's classes this morning on Instagram Live. And it was, it is really cool. I mean, I had taken it before in the studio a couple of times, but your body starts to warm up in the beginning. And then when you do get to that point of like the jumping around, like kind of like dancing, having fun, doing jumping jacks, your body feels like ready for that movement because you've been doing these like smaller range of motion and your muscles are getting like tired, but like kind of ready to move around. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was dripping (laughs) in sweat. And then we finished our jumping jacks and I was like, oh my God, that was a great class. And like start putting my stuff away. And I look up at the screen and Dino's like doing burpees. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so you bring it yep. to like the last second. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I used to love was when I was a bar three, there was a phase of time where it was like, we push for 55 minutes and then they have like a five minute to cool down. And that's like kind of the idea here too. It's like we climb, climb, climb. And for me, I like want to climb all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way. And you know, the best thing about it is we can modify everything from start to finish, which is another concept that admittedly I borrowed from Bar 3 as well, because it just it's smart, not only from like a business perspective, because you want your clients to come back day after day. But also, I want to work out even when my lower back is bothering me or like my shoulder is bothering me or my wrist might hurt that day. Like I want to be able to still work out. So, you know, if the method that you're doing offers the opportunity to modify it, you feel like successful even though. And I think it's important because the idea behind it all, if you took a big step back from all the nitty gritty of it was that we just wanted to enjoy moving our bodies. I think that's so important right now too, because since we're quarantined and not moving so much during the day, it's so important to have a class that you like look forward to and it's fun and like a sense of community. And I feel like that comes, that it is salt drop. I'm really the most excited about the community that's growing because it was completely unexpected. And, you know, in the last four weeks, our Salt Drop Instagram page has grown over 7,000 followers, which for us is like, I had 1,300. Now it's like almost 8,000. So for us, it's a huge jump, 
which means that there's community out there, which means that people are looking for connection right now. And I'm most interested in like learning and figuring out ways of how to cultivate that as we sort of like lean out of this, whenever that may be, you know, a way for us to connect because people are starting to join from all over the world with these free classes. So I think it'd be nice to be able to capture that in some way once this is over. But that's one thing I'm most excited about is this community of like-mindedness. You know what I mean? People who are okay with the authenticity that we're offering and we swear a lot and (laughs) you know what I mean? Like we're just out there having a good time and it's just a nice little release. It's one of the biggest pluses to silver linings in this whole situation. Yeah, definitely. I was going to ask that, like how you envision coming Mm -hmm. out of this. I was thinking like you probably have so many people that are now joining from other parts of the country or other parts of the world. Like, Do you think you'll continue doing online classes even when you're back in the studio? Yeah, I think it's just the only way to continue to cultivate that sense of community. It might look like everything from something like a platform like Zoom, but something like that. I've got some other ideas right now, but a mix of that plus like maybe a free class on Instagram because everyone's using Instagram right now. And because I don't have a brick and mortar studio to pay for right now, it's in our best interest to give these workouts away for free or donation based because I have no overhead and my cost of living is very low because I don't really leave my apartment. So yeah, I want to be able to do some online stuff. Yeah. I think it'd be important to connect in real life too. So I'm thinking about like a retreat or something. I love that. You know, like a four-day retreat. I'm lucky because living in New York City and being with Bar 3 for so long, I've met a lot of really incredible people that I think would just be interesting to hear give like a talk about X, Y, or Z and work out twice a day. And, you know, there's a lot of ideas that I have about connecting. Yeah, it's so funny. New York is obviously such a big city with so many people. But when you start to look at like the fitness and wellness community, you see all the people who are connected Mm -hmm. and like, it really makes sense. Like when you see the people that like, I was doing one of your bar three online workouts and Rachel Mansfield was in it. And I was like, that's so cool that they're friends. (laughs) Yeah, man. Her first Instagram live we did together like last week. So it was like a full circle moment. Like here we are again. That's so fun. And I love that you talked about potentially doing a retreat. That's so exciting. So we obviously know so much about your fitness routine, but what about your general wellness routine? Typically, my wellness routine includes interacting. I have a tight-knit group. There's like six of us. We call ourselves the booze. We travel together. We do like, I mean, when we can get the six of us together in one room, we always just take a moment to say like, isn't this beautiful? Like all six of us together in one room. Having that connection with them is a big piece of like just my wellness routine. But like nitty gritty stuff, my wellness routine, I try not to overdo it with coffee. I'm like Italian, so it's hard. Like I want that. You saw me. I made that one right before we started this. (laughs) That's my number two. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) My mom is a cook. So I grew up in a pizza shop. My dad owned a pizza shop. So I was always a very good eater. 
growing up. And one of the things that I learned from my mom was just like, keep it simple in the kitchen. So I usually like, especially now, keep things pretty simple. Like my food is pretty simple. My mom taught me to cook with like lemons, tomatoes, basil, and like salt and pepper. Oh my God, that's amazing. And you can pretty much make... You can pretty much make anything from there. Yeah. Yeah, wellness routine. And I also have like a cat that I interact with. My cat's in the closet <laughs> sleeping right now, but um, <laughs> I'm naturally inclined to be introverted. So part of my wellness routine is connecting with people outside because this has been difficult because it's been an extended period of time without contact. But I love sitting on my couch. As you know, I'm drinking out of a Christmas mug. And I that's watched right. Harry Potter this morning. Like <laughs> that's also part of my wellness routine. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that because I feel like most people that we would ask that question would say like, well, I do this workout in the morning and I eat this then. And like, I think that having that interaction with people and like that community is so much even more important for wellness. And I'm an introvert too. So I could spend all the time on my couch and I need to get out there and make myself like have that community too. Yeah. And you know, I teach so much and this is honestly like, it's rare that I have the time or physically feel up to taking a workout elsewhere. Yeah. So I think that when I have the opportunity to, I try to get out there and take classes from like, this is another plug. CJ, who teaches the class, she is teaching salt drop classes on Instagram right now. So when I can, I get out there to take her class at the class because that's what inspires me to teach better. But overall, mm-hmm. my wellness routine is like days off. Like yeah. I take days yeah, off. Yeah, that's so important. We're all about balance as it's the name of our podcast. And wellness is just as much lying on your couch and watching Harry Potter as it is taking a fitness class. Yeah. And eating the mm-hmm. pizza. And also, yeah. And you know, all those things together. And um, I happen to, this is my day off from teaching, but I got a good night's sleep last night. And I thought, you know, I wanted to take from one of the instructors on Instagram. So I did like a half hour workout this morning and it felt really good to do that too. But you should see me do a workout in my living room. Like when I say in class, like <laughs> I take a hundred breaks yeah. when I'm taking, I took all the breaks. I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. She said 32 more <laughs> pulses. I was like, all right, water break. So what advice could you give to somebody who's looking to either change careers or more like turn their passion into a career? Yeah. So my only insight into this is what worked with me, which is that I had a really non-linear path that I've just followed my various interests at the time that led me from, I was a waiter to going to grad school for environmental policy, to being like working in real estate, to owning a fitness company. So I just think that even when it feels like there's no rhyme or reason, what happens is like over time, you can take a step back from all of it and look at things that kind of connect those various interests. And like at the intersection of all those various interests, sometimes it's like where these beautiful ideas are born. So I enjoyed everything that led me to the salt drop, following various interests and whatever path that may be. So it sounds convoluted, but I say random as it is, go with your gut instinct, go with your heart and don't be afraid to 
like fall on your face and do new shit because I was 34 when I stumbled onto group fitness and I'm 40 now and my six year journey up to, you know, owning my own company. So I was 34 when I started over. Yeah. Which is like some people get so nervous, like, Oh, start over now. Like it seems so daunting, but I think that I love that idea of like, don't force anything, like follow the things that make you happy. And it might not be a normal trajectory that you expected, but it will get you somewhere that you love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that stumbling and doing things that you think may work and they end up not working is also just as valuable a lesson as like stumbling onto something that you're like, oh my God, I'm like really like this and I might be good at it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Take your time. I mean, also like I started my own company when I was 39. I'm still trying to figure out how does this make money? Like, how do I even do this? Yeah. You know what I There's mean? There's no like right or so, wrong time to start that, I feel like. So you just have to go with it. No. Sometimes you just have to take the leap. And I hadn't even done a great job of like saving money to make the big leap happen. Somehow, whenever you're pressed up against a wall like that, you become super creative and somehow you're like, figure it out. Yeah, that's such great advice to give to anybody making any change in their lives, whether big or small. And I think that that really lends itself well into our next segment where we want to ask our guests some questions at the end of each episode to really get to know you more. So no pressure, but I think that they will be fun. Yeah, so I think our first question flows really nicely from what you were just talking about because it sounds like, from creating salt drop, you had to really follow your gut and say no to some things that might not have been the best choice. So we want to know what is something that you recently had to say no to? Mia and I both think that we've been trying to say no to things. Like I feel like we came up with this podcast idea going into the new year. And that's the time when everyone's like, say yes to everything. And you never know what might happen. And we like feel that too. And we're all for that. But We feel like we both in the past had just kept saying yes to things that weren't even really making us happy. So we are trying to like focus more on say no to things that don't light you up and then you'll make room for things that might. So something that you recently said no to just because you knew it wasn't right for you. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, being so brand new to having a presence on Instagram has given us this unique opportunity to not only to connect with people, but to connect with people out there who are looking to shine a light on their business as well. So we've had a few folks ask us for classes that are sponsored, where we kind of like tout the name of the business and talk about the business or whatever. And I'm trying to make good decisions about who to link up with, even though it's brand new right now. So we've said yes to a handful. And it said no to a handful also for that reason. Like I still want to keep it authentic and real. That's hard because you're saying no to money. That is hard. And potential exposure. So, but yeah, but it feels good to say no in some instances when you know it doesn't work well with the people that you connect with. It doesn't feel good. So, yeah. What was the best trip you ever took? Best trip that I took was a trip that I took with my best friend, Ashley. We did Paris for, I think, like nine days. And then we went to Rome for four days. It was like in total, like a 13 day trip. She's a makeup artist and did fashion week in Paris. And I just like lounged around and ate cheese and oh bread. Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, 
Yeah, it was like my third time like taking a trip along with her, but this was like our extended version of it. And then we did all the touristy things in Rome for four days and ate all kinds of great food. Mia and I went to Rome last May, so almost a year ago now, and we just like ate our way through the city in three days. It was insane. What an incredible city. I love it. I I can't wait to go back. And right before this all started happening with coronavirus and everything, Mm -hmm. we were talking about our next trip being Paris. So now, yeah, we got to add that to the list as soon as we can travel. I got a couple places that you have to check out. This is a fun one. What is a must-have quality in a partner? I think a sense of humor is probably the most important for me. Like laughing. I mean, it's just like disarming, right? So like if someone can make you laugh, all of a sudden it feels like easier to be who you are. And I just think over the long haul, Not that I'm an expert because I'm single, (laughs) but I think it's fun. I've had fun with folks and feels genuinely more connected whenever that I can laugh. Yeah, me too. So I think that's my number one. I totally agree. I mean, I'm single too. (laughs) I feel like I have too many (laughs) must-haves. Agreed. Agreed. But also the list gets longer and longer as you get older. Yeah, it totally does. It's fine. And are you a morning or a night person? And then kind of like going into that, what's the first thing you do when you wake up and the last thing you do before you go to bed? I'm a morning person. I don't work well at night. In fact, usually I'm in bed before 10 o'clock. If it pushes past 10, I start feeling like... Um, I'm the same way. Like it's past my bed. Yeah, it's past my bedtime. I, but I also like to be up early in the morning. So I laugh because I do hear like a lot of like cars and sirens and stuff. But the mornings I hear... I live in a neighborhood, so there's like birds that chirp. So I open my windows and usually the first thing I do is, well, this is part of my wellness routine. I have warm water with lemon and I force myself to drink like a large glass of water before I have <laughs> any stop. of my coffee because I know once it gets started, no, it can't <laughs> stop. And I also have been trying, especially during quarantine, while I'm drinking my warm water during that moment, I have really been enjoying my Headspace app. So like I'll do like a dumb 10 minute something and it gives me a moment to like just sit. Cause then I'm, I'm finding because I'm craving connection that I'm on my phone a lot more than I am generally speaking it gives me a moment to kind of reset. Yeah, so isn't it funny yeah. we have to like make time to yeah. just sit. Like I really have to do that to make time to not be on my phone and just like tune out for even 10 minutes. And it can make like such a difference in the day. I've been putting my phone in my bedroom and just like charging it in there and putting a movie on and just the act of putting it yeah. in the other room That's feels good so good. Oh, and then we also both follow you on Instagram. So Tell us about your horoscope. Do you read it every morning? Yeah, I read my horoscope first thing in the morning too. I have this running thing. My best friend Ashley and I both post our horoscopes. She's Cancer and I am Aries. And we try to match our gifts to like the message that the horoscope is trying to give us for the day. So it's like an ongoing game. (laughs) Well, it's so funny because I love your horoscope every morning because I'm also an Aries, so I don't have to look mine up. I know that I'll find my horoscope in Dino's story every morning. And I always read it once through the lens of it being your horoscope and then once through the lens of it being my own. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all interpretable, right? Like, who knows? I just have the most fun being like, I'll read a line and be like, ooh, it'll give me an idea for a gift. And so like, before I even finish reading the whole thing, I'm like, are you looking for gifts? It's like, I don't even know. But I do have fun with that, that part. So yeah. I love that you mentioned that you're Italian. Like Carly and I are both from big Italian families cool. as well. And I want to know what one food you can't live without is. Oh my God, that's so easy. And what's funny is that my mom just sent me some overnight mail. So especially like growing up, I told you I grew up in a pizza shop. And then after when I was eight or nine, my mom bought a restaurant. So then I moved over to the restaurant. But my favorite thing that she makes could not live without is stuffed pizza. So... I'll tell you just really quickly. She just like uses this dough that it's like pizza dough where she makes like loaves of bread out of it. It's like universal, just dough. And she'll usually put, and this is going to sound weird, but <laughs> listen up. It's like green leaf vegetable called escarole. And so it's like escarole yeah. and olives and capers and Parmesan oh cheese and salt and pepper. And then another layer of dough on top of that. And then it bakes. And so it's like my favorite thing in the world. And I could honestly make it myself. But my mom's is better. She overnighted it to me. And I have it like in my fridge. I ate half of it yesterday. Yeah. And she sent me this other Easter. She makes Easter stuff. Like Easter pie? Easter pie. She makes like a different type of stuffed pizza that's got like egg and prosciutto and Does that peas have potato too? and cheese. Yeah. She can make it with potato too. Yeah. So she made a few of those and sent them overnight. <laughs> so I could at least that's feel so nice. like I was participating in Easter that's so food. Cute. That's my favorite. She knows too. Like when I get the time to visit at home, when I visit in Pittsburgh, She's usually got like two of those, one for me to eat while I'm home and one for me to bring home with me when I leave. Italian moms just always want to feed you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Food. We mean, we plan our whole lives around food over there. So So this one is really, I'm just curious about it. So we talked a little bit about we love your playlists. I want to hear kind of how you come up with your playlists and then what's something like, what are you usually listening to just on your own time? Is it the similar music to what you have in your workouts or what kind of music? That's funny. I'll hit that one first because I mean, yes and no. Yes, because I like listen. I go through like so many songs before I actually pick the ones like I'll hear that a few seconds of and be like, no, no, no. But when I'm home listening to my own stuff, like I'll range everywhere from like Justin Bieber to like just corny, like lame. You guys would be embarrassed. (laughs) I'd be embarrassed to tell you all of it. That genre. I dig a lot. But in Pittsburgh, when I was growing up, there was an underground music scene there. I was a (laughs) raver. And I had friends that were DJs. And that was like what we did back in the day for entertainment when you grew up in Western Pennsylvania. There was like nothing else cooler going on. And then I grew up. But I always like Mm -hmm. had a soft spot for house music. And when I started teaching at Bar 3, they started, you know, six years ago, it was more top 40 music. And then they sort of gravitated more toward house music in their classes too. So at that point, I was like, let's go. So now I use Spotify. This is how I build playlists now. Specifically, I use Spotify just for listening to music for class because it tailors my discover weekly i get like new releases from djs so over the course of the years that i've 
used it just for listening to this type of music. It curates a really beautiful list for me. So every week I start there in my Discover Weekly. And I have my musical twin, Sarah Rose, who teaches. I have hers like linked right underneath mine. So I usually just go through those first. And through that process, I usually like will go through a rabbit hole with a DJ or a particular style of music or a song that I like. And I just throw those into a playlist. And I use an app now to mix the playlist together so it's all seamless. Yeah, so that's how I usually make the playlist now. It's fun because I'm always on a mission to find the song that I'm going to build the playlist around, like that one tune that you're just like, oh man, that's so good. So I'm always looking for that gem to build around. I totally know know what you mean. I feel like there's always those like few songs within the playlist of the class where you feel like you're like on the beat and it's just Mm -hmm. like, that's what made me fall in love with bar three. And then now with Salt Drop is that I feel like I was never into like, I mean, I'm not going to hate on specific bar studios, but I went and I didn't really love it. And it was kind of just like that soft music in the background. But when I went to my first bar three class, it was like all about the music. And you you felt like it was a dance class, not just a bar class. And that's kind of what I love about Salt Drop too. I don't know, like, how would you describe it to somebody if you had like just a sentence to tell them what Salt Drop is? I'd say it's a beat driven, body weight, map based class. It totally is. And like within that, yeah, and it's a party. Like we have, you know, time at the end to shake your ass and That's it's fun. a sexy, sweaty, beat driven. Yeah, there's class. nothing like yeah. it. It's so it's so true. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, it feels good. It feels good in my body. i you know, you you guys know I've been teaching a ton from my apartment since this whole quarantine started and I can attest to it. Like I'm, you know, I'm a client too because when I'm teaching, I'm taking. because I had no one else to demonstrate the moves. It's just me. So I've got to like do it all too. And I can tell you that I know that workouts can exacerbate issues that you have in your body. And I feel really good in my body. So I'm I'm happy with the product that I'm putting out there. So a couple of months ago, I auditioned to instruct at bar three. I wasn't ready. Maybe I'll try again eventually, but I never even realized how... I mean, you take it to a whole other level when you're talking during doing it. Like, it's so crazy. I was out of breath just taking them through those like five minutes that you have to do for the audition. I have to say that if I get an extended break from teaching, like if I take when I was fortunate enough to be able to take (laughs) vacations and I, you know, took a week off, that's the piece that's the hardest. I think the endurance of it, it just comes with like doing it over and over again. and. I think it's just like you build the ability to talk a little bit more. Plus, like there are ways to make it look like it's a little bit easier. <laughs> like you're out of breath, but you're trying to get the sentence out. Like it's yeah. all good. Like we're right here. Like it's so fine. You know, like don't yeah. even worry about it. Like this push up, it's all good. But you're dying yeah, inside. It gives you know, you a whole new respect for fitness instructors because, especially for a class like that and for like salt drop, because you're staying on the beat. You're basically taking the class and you're teaching it. And it's like, and I, I mean, for you now doing these classes from home, I can't even imagine that because like you have, like I've said, like such a energy that the people taking your classes can get from you, especially in a studio, but even over the computer. But for you, you're just at home, like by yourself. And like, how do you build off energy when you don't even have people in front of you taking the class? It must be so hard. (laughs) 
I'm just having the best time. Also, like once it gets started, I you kind of black out because sometimes there's like there have been moments where there's like almost 200 people there, and you're just like, uh, it's yeah. go time. You know, there's moments where you're like, I just wish this was like almost over soon because it's like you get nervous. I think it's starting to settle into like real life that this is how I'm teaching now. But I had those same butterflies when I launched Salt Drop, same butterflies when I started teaching Bar 3. You just like got to keep getting in there and yeah. doing it. And like, same with the breathing thing. Like, I think it's just like practice, practice, practice. Yeah. And once the music is on too, yeah, I'm like, I'm having yeah. the best time. Okay, we'll ask you one last closing question just to wrap things up. Okay. So who would you say, and it could be a couple people, but who is your biggest inspiration slash role model? You know, there was this lesson that someone taught me that whenever I was nervous, what I ought to do was to like kind of close my eyes and imagine standing next to the person that you admired the most. And so I went through that exercise and I end up like imagining my mom standing next to me, which sounds like, ah, so, you know, so nice or whatever. But my mom is like a total badass she's fearless and um, even when she is fearful she channels this like warrior in her and so through that exercise I usually am able to like calm myself down like I imagine I'm walking into the experience like with her walking in side by side so my brother's disabled learning disabled and has like a seizure disorder so my whole life, my mom has had to focus a lot of attention in that direction. But I have to say the experience of having to raise a kid and having to be just like on all the time, what happened was like her patience grew, her ability to maintain in like difficult situations, like chaos doesn't throw her off. I would say there's a few people, but like, obviously she's top of my list for people that I admire. She didn't have like opportunities growing up even but she owns her own business now and has for like 30 years and she's super badass so i love that and i love that exercise i feel like i'm going to steal that from you yeah i love that and now that we're coming to the end of our episode we have something that we want to give you we wish we could have given this to you in person but please check your email we have a fun little surprise for you we'll be sending you a framed version (gasps) Oh my gosh. Are you kidding? It is so cool. We love it. Isn't it so awesome? It's the cutest. This is so awesome. (laughs) Well, for our listeners, why don't you explain to them what it is? It's me as a drawing. It's like my photo that I posted on Instagram that a photographer friend of mine, Alexandra Arnold, took of me. And yes. it's so dope. It's, it's like a, it's like cartoon. me as a cartoon. cartoon. This is the cutest thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is so cool. I can't wait to like show it off to everybody. Thank you so much for coming on and for recording with us. You're welcome. Oh man, this was so much fun. This is more fun than I thought it was going to be. And I already thought it was, was so going to be a blast. Do you want to so. tell everybody listening yeah. where to find you? Maybe give your Instagram handle and your website for Salt Drop? Yeah. The website's www.thesaltdrop.com. And on Instagram, we're just at the salt drop. Yeah, come check us out. We're doing like free classes every day. 
So I'm sure while this comes out, we'll still be doing it because I have a feeling we'll be here for a little while. So yeah, there's no obligation. Yeah. Just come and shake your ass. Super fun. Amazing. Well, thank you. This was awesome. And thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed our episode with Dino. We had so much fun recording. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at mostly underscore balanced. And if you're enjoying listening, leave us a review and a rating. Talk to you next week. Bye.